Hello, hello. What up, though? What up, though? Welcome, welcome. Blazing Soul Podcast once again every Wednesday, seven Central, eight Eastern. Um, as I said before, we're here to um, talk about current events, um, highlight and feature role models and community leaders and entrepreneurs and professionals uh, within our local community. Um, let's start out by saying that. Uh, and, and this uh, episode is a little special. Um, there's a lot of um, information and news going on um, in the in the media concerning the trial of the police officer and the George Floyd uh, situation. And there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, so um, I tried to get uh, uh, actual people that were involved in the case, but we're a small, <laughs> uh, we're a small podcast, so we don't we don't have that clout yet. But uh, I am very pleased that yes. we have someone who uh, can shed a light on a case that mm -hmm. garners national attention and uh, the pitfalls associated with such a big big case and trying and putting together a defense mm -hmm. or a prosecution for a big case. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, so we wanted to kind of touch on that with a professional mm -hmm. who actually knows firsthand uh, what it takes to, um, you know, do their due diligence as far as their client is concerned. Um, I also want to touch on, uh, we were promoting this earlier today and there were a few people who um, chimed in and, and uh, direct messaged me and said, well, um, this person was actually defending um, someone that maybe they didn't agree with. Um, the podcast is not a softball podcast. Mm -hmm. So it is not for us to put on everyone who we agree with and who um, likes everything that we say and agrees with everything they say, because that doesn't open up discussion. I want to hear from all sides of, um, you know, every situation. Mm -hmm. um, if there's something out there, I want to hear from a side that I might uh, be familiar with and a side that I won't be familiar with because you cannot learn yes. if you don't know um, the other side of the story. Um, with that in mind, I would like to bring on, because I don't know how long we're going to be able to keep him, but uh, I would mm -hmm. like to bring on um, a uh, Facebook friend. How I first met him is that uh, he had some posts on Facebook and a lot of people were chiming in. And of course, I chimed in as well. <laughs> um, but what really stuck out to me is that he re it really wasn't a, a vindictive or a mean-spirited um, Facebook page that he has. He puts out information. Mm -hmm. He puts out his views. People comment and discuss and debate on those views. But uh, when I was on there, I never felt like um, I was a minority in the conversation or my vo voice wasn't heard. Um, he was very, um, he took his time to make sure everybody's voice was heard. He let people debate. He made sure that people were respectful in their debating. And that stuck out to me, especially being an attorney, um, that, that stuck out very well to me. So friended him, have been uh, following him for a while now and, and uh, what he's been doing. Um, he was part of the Michigan militia case. 
I believe it was the Wolverine. Oh, I cannot think of the name of the, the actual um, organization, but he will give you guys that information. But he was part of that legal defense that uh, of the Michigan militia who were accused of uh, planning a kidnapping um, of one of our elected officials. And that garnered national attention. CNN, Fox News, everybody uh, had their, their viewpoints and, and uh, debated about uh, exactly what was going on. Uh, were the men guilty of an actual crime in itself? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was in everybody's uh, feed as far as social media, as well as on TV for quite some time. So with that, I would like to bring on Nicholas Somberg, who is the owner of um, Somberg Law, PLLC. Yes. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me on. Hey, thank you very much for coming on. Um, It was kind of short notice. We were putting some stuff together and I'm like, man, I really want to get a professional's perspective (laughs) on this. Um, And Nicholas was uh, very cordial and said, hey, yeah, I'll jump on. Um, you re- you're not a part of the, the case that, uh, it, that just finished up, but you have not only a perspective from an attorney at law, but you also have dealt with some high profile cases that could give us more perspective into what actually goes on in a case like this. So we truly thank you for coming on. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, first thing I would want to do is before we kind of tackle some of the issues, is that tell people a little bit about yourself, um, about your company, um, and then we'll kind of go into some of your background and, and what got you to the place that you are now. Mm-hmm. One of the aspects of our podcast is that we deal with small and medium-sized businesses, entrepreneurs. We champion that when uh, someone steps out into their self and open up their own practice or business, uh, that's to be commended. So um, tell us a little bit about your practice. Sure. And thank you. I've been in practice uh, over five years now. I've been having a solo from from day one. So straight out of law school, I didn't want to work for anybody. Um, just started off in my bedroom with a, a laptop and a printer and a cell phone and worked my way up to having an office and now a larger office and people that work for me and um, definitely an entrepreneur and have been one since I was a teenager, young teenager, either hustling, doing people's lawn, shoveling snow. I was, I was the eBay master before that was even <laughs> people's radar. I was burning CDs for people because we had one of the first CD burners that ever, oh, wow. <laughs> maybe I wasn't supposed to do that, but um, <laughs> that's awesome. always been, always been entrepreneurial, um, working for myself and, and investing in myself. And I, uh, Knew that I want to be, be an attorney from a from a very young age. My my mom actually kept my my sixth grade project. What do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, and it's wow. like a big poster of lawyer and like why. And she had it at my um, law school, you know, grad party That's out on the so table. Awesome. You know, um, so I just knew, and I've had different different influences in my life. My uh, my my uncle um, who passed away was a was a lawyer, and I I looked up to him a lot and. Um, you know, he was, he was a big influence on my life. And I, uh, I really just wanted to defend people and, and, and right wrongs. Um, I could probably go into a backstory for, for a long time. I was somebody who, uh, got in trouble as a teenager, as a young person, went through the criminal justice system, felt like it was very trapped. I felt very trapped. I felt like I was 
treated un, unfairly and um, that when I grew up, I wanted to help protect people from what I considered injustices. Now that that's admirable coming yes. from a, such a young person that not only did you know kind of what you wanted to do as, from a career perspective, but also that uh, it wasn't about, you know, I'm, I've heard, we've had other attorneys on and um, some people say, well, you know, I wanted to make a lot of money to improve my situation. But your first uh, thought process with becoming an attorney is that you want to help people who mm-hmm. might not be able to help themselves as far as the legal system is concerned. So that's admirable. Um, so when you started out and, and you did realize that you wanted to be an attorney, um, when you first started school, as far as college is concerned, did uh, is that what you initially went into? Because there are some people like me when I started college. I, yeah, I was initially, let me tell you, I was initially, uh, I wanted to be a lawyer. And when I initially started at Ferris State, uh, because the classes were filled up, I was going to take the paralegal um, courses. And what stopped me from that is two guys <laughs> behind me in the auditorium when we were um, processing said, they said, okay, everyone who is in the paralegal field, please step up and get your syllabus and this, that, and the other. And those guys I heard in the back of me said, that's a glorified secretary. <laughs> and that, that comment right there changed my whole outlook on what I wanted to do. So then I went into business and marketing. But when you first started college, uh, was that your initial thought process is, I'm going to take the courses I need to become an attorney. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, not. Not. I probably would have saved a lot of time doing it that way. And paralegal is a very, very good job, by the way. That's almost like, yeah. like glorified secretary. I look at it the other way as like lawyer light. You okay. know, I mean, you're, right. you're you're right. I mean, you can't show up in court. You can't sign things, but you're doing a lot of the same yeah. stuff. Yeah. All the legwork. All the legwork. Yeah. You know, um, but no, my 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 background, my, my undergrad's in accounting. Accounting. I have a bachelor's in accounting. Um, my mom's a, an accountant, and I always was good at math and that type of thing. And um, figured I want I want to be like business and, and lawyer lawyer mixed. Um, don't really need a degree to be a good business person. I realized, yep. and I kind of wish uh, the same school now has a course like you you could do it in six years instead of eight. You know, straight from high school, from you know getting your bachelor's and off through a juris doctorate. Um, so. Kind of wish I did, did a different path. But I mean, I, I um, definitely enjoyed my time in, in college. You know, had some fun. Took a little longer, and we all did. We all did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Now, where did you go to college? I went to Oakland University. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's and then um, that area. Yes. He's from your. He's from your area. Yeah. Yeah. I went to went to Oakland University. And my uh, my senior year of college, I started getting into uh, rental properties, um, being you know being an entrepreneurial guy. My, that was when the market was way way down, and started doing that. And like, well, I don't want to I don't want to leave. I can't I can't go to school out of state. I got to be right here to manage these properties, so that way I can study in law school and just live off the, my monthly check and not have to be a, a waiter or whatever. To and, and I can just focus my time um, on the books, which did work out. That was smart. Now, after college, um, what was your next steps? Well, after college, straight straight to law school after the summer. I think I started. I started when I was. 
20, 22, 20, I was a lawyer at 26. Wow. That's impressive. Very impressive. That's awesome. That's why I started growing the beard, actually, because I, I, <laughs> I thought it looked too young. I'm like, no one's going to hire me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no one's going to hire me because I look way too young, wow. and I got to look older. And then I just kept growing it. Wow. <laughs> you grew, you, he used uh, to grow beards in the wintertime. Yeah, but, but see, I got the, I got the salt and pepper now. I can't yeah. grow the beard out. But yeah. I did see um, one time you had posted, you were the number one bearded attorney in Michigan. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Wow. You know, that was fun. Yeah, I mean, why not? You know, I'm on, on and that title is un, unchallenged to this day. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. And, that, and that's one thing that I wanted to touch on is that um, and a lot of people that I know that are attorneys or, or doctors or in the in the professions that require a lot of schooling that they usually take a break and they're like, man, I wish I didn't take a break. I wish I just went directly into my uh, my secondary education. Um, so, yeah, that is that's pretty cool. That that's you admitted that, yeah. 26. Yeah. That's awesome. 26 as an attorney is very yeah. impressive. Yes. Um, so. When you got it, when you got into your secondary education, did you know what specialties you wanted to focus on? Yes and no. I mean, I, I knew I wanted to do criminal criminal defense. Um, at the time, uh, marijuana was still illegal in Michigan, and I wanted to work towards le legalizing that and and helping those people. Um, but also just looking in the different areas. You know, there was there was contract law. Um, I am a little bit about the money and, you know, saw different yeah. opportunities about, um, you know, in, in personal injury, which we also do now, auto accidents and all sorts of stuff, as well as criminal defense. But um, looking at those as, as, as a focus, um, you know, in those areas of law, you, you know, customarily, you know, industry practice, you get you get a third off of anything. Okay. So if you're settling a medical malpractice case worth a million dollars, that's 300,000, you know, 333,000. Well, you, you could do one case a year and be, right. you know, um, so I haven't hit one of those yet, <laughs> but, um, but in going into law school, our class, I was, our, I was very fortunate to be in, a, in I, I would say pretty, pretty special class. Our, our class coming in, I think it was 2012, um, was almost like family. I mean, the numbers, the numbers, you know, dwindled down, but it's like people were there from, from all walks of life, um, different religions, colors, whatever. And like, we're all there just on this like mission to like climb this giant mountain together, you know? And in law school, you have to, you got to make friends. You got to, you have to help each other. Um, I mean, guys, some people can do it on their own and, and God bless them, you know, but having a friend group to support you, um, emotionally, you know, when, when, when times get tough to help you study, say, Hey, what do you, to bounce ideas, ideas off of. And, um, you know, we quickly became like a little, a little family, little class. And I keep, I keep in touch with these people to this day. And they're all over from, uh, prosecutors to defense people, to personal injury to people working for, you know, in-house counsel at companies. So I kind of got friend friends everywhere now. Yeah. Um, and it's really good. Now, let me tell you, uh, usually within any, any given week, we have about in between three and 4,000 people that watch this, uh, if not live on archive when they're at work and things of that nature. And you just saying that one of the um, one of the things that you wanted to champion was legalizing marijuana has just garnered you a whole bunch of friends. I just want you to know that 
Uh, there's going to be a ton of people that's like, man, that's awesome. I'm going to follow yeah. this guy. Uh, that was something big in Michigan um, that a lot of people had a lot of different thought processes on. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your thought process on cannabis now being legalized? Um, it's it's a good thing. I mean, it, it was it it really bothered me showing up in the court as a lawyer and just watching. Mm -hmm. I've literally seen grown men and women, you know, well older than me, people just just begging and apologizing to the judge. Oh, they're so sorry for having this small amount of a plant right. on that. I was like, what what are we doing here? Like this is stupid. Is anybody how much money, right? How much money is, is this costing right now for us all to be here? From sure. the judge to the prosecutor to the clerks, attorney keeping the lights on, yeah. um, to having to drive here, just like the total like resources of society being brought to this moment in the, in the total cost of prosecution, like both actual costs, opportunity costs, and losses, and just what what are we here for? What yeah. this, this grown man who's a engineer or something, you know, yeah. got pulled over and they found a pot in, in his car, or just just like the the level of destruction that I that I witnessed of people's lives um yeah. it made no sense um and luckily I mean it's things were pretty much in the in the works I you know I was, became a lawyer 20 2016 yeah so you know we we're we we're just about there with legal, legalization but even now even nowadays it's legal but it's not so much federally but people should know people watch your show if you do not have a medical marijuana card, you cannot drive a car within 24 hours of you smoking weed. Wow. Okay. Wow. There's a ridiculous, very stupid law called operating with the presence of a controlled substance. You can Google that. Operating with the presence of a controlled substance. And a lot of people, um, they get pulled over. Maybe they got taillight. Maybe they, maybe, maybe they don't use a turn signal, whatever. They get pulled over. And sometimes the officer just asks, asks on a hunch, or maybe they smell it in the car or something. They go, oh, have you been smoking weed? And they go, oh, well, I, I smoked like hours ago. Or, you know, I'm good. Saying I'm, I'm good. You right. know? Right. The law, the law is a strict liability. They don't require. So it's when, you're, when, you're drink, when you're drinking, mm -hmm. they, they require impairment. You have to actually, it has to actually impair your ability to drive a car. Right. With the controlled substance it is if there is 0 0.01 if there is a single nanogram in your system wow you know which people are going to say well you could fight that yeah you could fight it but they're going to charge you right if, yeah. there's single, if there's a single nanogram in your system they consider that you are operating with the presence of a controlled substance so you could smoke before bed wake up eat breakfast go to work eat lunch get off you know be driving home at six o'clock the next day right and get pulled wow. over and be like well i spoke last night officer and that gives them ground to give you a blood test. And if you deny that blood test, you know, that's a whole other set of things I could go into. But wow. you get that blood test. So marijuana is legal, but that's just one thing that that's still out there that makes no sense. And the government is not using science or logic yeah. because OWI laws should be there for to keep impaired people or reckless people, I would call, sure. um, off the roads. And not just, oh, you smoked weed last night and we can get you on this technicality. <laughs> so, right. yeah, you know. I didn't know that. That's insane. But like, you know what? Um, there's a lot of those laws, is what I learned. Uh, one of my business law school classes. Um, one of the ones I mentioned to my husband when I learned about it is, "Honey, did you know that 
I have to get your permission to cut my hair in the state of Michigan. Hey. It was one of those he, he, crazy he's gonna laws. Re, he's going to research Is that. that. Real? He's looking like, I don't know about that. that yeah, is, know about that. That's one of those crazy laws that my law instructor mentioned during the class. First of all, let me say that if that's true, I'm all for it. Uh, but that go, seems like. I, I'm going to Google it yeah, and I'm going to show you. That seems. Uh, that seems yeah, I, I hope that is not true though. That is that's something that I'm gonna, I don't I'll know. Google it and then you can screenshot and send it to Nicholas. There you go. There you go. Send it to um, me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> after uh, you got out of your secondary education, um, most people work for a firm or try to get their their uh, feet under them, so to speak, in their profession. Uh, why? Why? What was your thought process? And you know what? Even if I'm in my bedroom on my bed with one computer, I'm gonna to try to go it by myself. What, yeah. what prompted that? Well, I, I almost, I almost, I, I was going to um, partner up with a, a lawyer. He'd been a lawyer for a couple, couple years. And he was, a, he was a friend of mine. And just when it came down to like, just do it, like signing the papers, like agreeing, like getting on, getting on that malpractice insurance, like mm -hmm. I just couldn't do it. You know, I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to be solo and um, I did create enough cushion where having the rental properties and having all that on the side is enough where like my rent is always going to be covered. Sure. You know, I'm always going to have food and gas in my car and a cell phone and like food and basics. You know what I mean? Yep. And I don't have, I don't have kids. I don't have a family. So like now is the time when you're younger and you don't have those responsibilities and things on your plate to, to, to do it, to take the risk and, and, and go for it. And that's basically what I what I did. And I yeah, I started off in my bedroom. I got a really sweet website, so people didn't know I was out of my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, uh, so awesome. You know, for the first six months or so. Um, yeah, I'd meet PA, I'd be like, hey, can you meet me at Starbucks? Or at the court or at the court, you know? Right. <laughs> that's now, awesome. Now let me also say that um, we're we have gotten a lot of responses. I own a marketing agency, so we got a lot of responses about uh, uh, businesses and people wanting to do their own podcast. So um, within the next two weeks, we'll be rolling out our podcast network. So everybody will have their own channel um, and people will be able to go to the channel. But one of the ideas we were batting around is kind of an online dating um, thing where, you know, because we have the podcast, we can get two people on, see if they make a connection. Now, you just told people that you are a young, single attorney at law. Well, don't be surprised. But he might he, have a girlfriend. Uh, that was that was past tense. That was five years ago. Oh, okay. oh <laughs> be clear. when you're when you're starting, I have a wonderful girlfriend. She's probably watching. <laughs> See, I got I got somebody mad at me already. She's like, "What? What's going on? He's trying to hook you up. What's going on with that?" Um, okay. No, but five years five years ago when I was leaving law school. Nice. Um, you know, it's it's different, and uh, you know, you're by single. I mean, you're not married. You have no kids. You have nobody. Who, if you fail, they go hungry too. Right. You know, exactly. that's that, you know, it's when you're starting off and you don't have that, that's the time I'm trying to say to take to take risks and to go to go for what you really want. Okay. Okay. Now during this time, because when I started my business, my wife started her business, um, even though initially we were gung ho and I worked for AT and T advertising, so I'm like, man, I can branch out and kind of do this myself. And there were times that, man, 
I had second thoughts, you know, should I just <laughs> partner up with an agency? Cause this is harder than I thought. Uh, did you have any experiences where you were a little skeptical about the path you chose? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, at a time, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, when, it, when I first started, I was like, wow, you know, if I, if I didn't have these rental properties, I, I, I don't think I could be making, you know, making my rent or whatever. And then in, in, in the every night has lost um, either. Yeah. I mean, there's like, there's, there's, there's your student loans, there's all that, but I mean, you know, every, every property I bought until I was always every at the first one I was scared. The second one I was scared. The third one I was scared. You know, it's like just every every step is scary. Just sure. just growing. Um, but no no risk, no reward, as they say, or less reward. Okay. Um, so we've gotten to the point where you are a professional attorney, you have your own practice, you're growing. Um, what was the reasoning? Or what made you um, kind of throw your hat into the arena as far as the, um, and, and I want to get their name correctly. I, I say Michigan Melissa, but their name is Wolverine. What is the name of it? Yeah. Well, there's there's many Michigan militias that okay. are unaffiliated or loosely, they, you know, some are on their own, some are affiliated with each other, some are not. Um, but their their name was the, the Wolverine Watchman. There it is. Wolverine Watchman. Okay. Um, now, what prompted you to um, kind of put your skill set um, to that organization or to the cause? Yeah. Because a lot of attorney, attorneys tell me um, I might not have agreed with my client's perspective, but I tell you what, everyone deserves to have good legal counsel and fair legal counsel. So how did that come about? Yeah, um, well, they they found me. Um, oh, really? I, I represent, um, yeah, I mean, I only represent one, one person, uh, Joseph Morrison, and he is who the prosecution called the, the leader, but he's really only the leader because he made the Facebook group. Um, oh, wow. it's, and it's, they, I mean, they reached out to me if people who follow me on Facebook, this is, I've taken many, many cases where it's just the government overreaching. Yes. Um, from my, my very first one was the the guy who started up his own car in his own driveway and he went inside in the winter and he went inside to get his two-year-old bundled up and he came out and there was a ticket for $126 on his windshield. And that went super viral and I ended up finding him. And because of that case, we got the law changed now in the state of Michigan where you can actually warm your own car up now. Um, Before completely. I, I would argue it's, 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 it's a whole thing. I would argue that they never even needed to change the law that we were actually correct on the law as is in your own driveway, yeah. but now they've actually spelled it out. I mean, he was in his own driveway. You, you don't even have to have a driver's license. I mean, you, yeah, you don't, exactly. it's, it's like having a private, you know, it's private property, but, um, and I could go into many, many other things, but I guess I have a, a Facebook following of people who know that I'm there to take on the hard cases and uh, and fight the government and um, and I guess I guess do it well, but also fight fight passionately for for my clients. Um, now, didn't you, you know, have, didn't you have? Uh, and I, I excuse me if I'm getting it uh, incorrect, but did you have a case where a guy didn't? 
shovel the snow off of his car property? His car. Yeah, Your his car. car. Yeah. No, they, it was it was uh and they actually that was a they won that one not even, but I'll I'll explain it to you. Okay. Snow fell off of his car while he was driving during, I think it was a 2019 snow blizzard emergency where the governor said, Hey, put your thermostats down to, you know, six or mm-hmm. 67 or whatever, whatever it was. There was a snow emergency, snow apocalypse, and he's yeah. driving, minding his own business, and some snow falls off his car, and they charge him with littering. Wow. Oh, a 90 day misdemeanor, littering. And, uh, I'm like I'm pretty sure snow can't be litter. Right. Number one. Right. Oh my um, goodness. You know, I guess my first question for the officer would be, well, did you did you did you gather the evidence and bring it to court here? <laughs> <laughs> you can have your you, you keep it in the same condition as what you found it. Right. You know, you keep that you keep that snow in a freezer for the last four months. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The day, of, the day of trial. So we actually they would not drop it. We push it all the way to a jury trial. They Kept, kept delaying, wow. and then on the day of trial, they dismissed the miss. So you only get a jury trial on a misdemeanor. They dismissed the misdemeanor, and they gave him a civil infraction of like um, snow falling in a roadway or something. Wow! Wow! And they were able to they were able to technically get him, and we tried to appeal, and it it didn't work. But not um, a worthy fight, though. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> that was so crazy. They yeah, didn't come was. with a bag of ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you won, but yeah. you kind of didn't win because you did get him off of that misdemeanor. They probably knew they couldn't really get him on the misdemeanor. I wish they would have done it. I had all my puns ready. All <laughs> I, I, had a, I had my tie with the snowflakes on it and everything. I, it was just going to be like a, a trolling trial, basically. Oh, wow. Let's see what I could get away with. But yes. now, did you do a case about, and I don't know if this was you as well, but uh, someone's music in their car? Did you do something like that? That was, yeah, that was another one. Um, I'm allowed to, the, the guy was playing the song called Fuck the Police by the NWA. NWA right. We've heard it. Yeah. Um, and he's mine, and he had, no, he wasn't, he, so he basically, somebody was pulled over at a gas station. And my client pulled into the gas, already playing the song. He didn't put it on. It was already playing. And he pulls into the gas station. He's on the other side of the same gas pump as an officer pulling somebody else over. And he just goes inside. He'll get by and see her. But he leaves his music going. Oh, wow. And he comes back over. And this is all on video. We got all the security footage, you know, body cam. We got got this footage from up top and and right and straight on. But um, officer leaves his traffic stop, walks over. And basically says, hey, buddy, like, what, you think you could just play that song and whatever? And wow. writes him again, a misdemeanor for music too, music too loud. Wow. So this is not like a ticket. It's up to, you know, this is up to 90 days in jail, 93 sure. days. Sure. So, um, you know, I reached out to him and that was another case uh, where this is in Oakland County and, you know, they, they wouldn't drop it. They just, I'm like, are you, you guys are crazy. I mean, this is a First Amendment all day. Right. Uh, they actually filed a motion and won that I wasn't allowed to mention the First Amendment at trial. Wow. And wow. the judge, I'm like, this is, and the judge was like, if you mention the First Amendment or even anything like it, I will hold you in, in contempt if you mention wow. the First Amendment. And I made a Facebook, I made a Facebook event called <laughs> Rap Music's Not a Crime because it's open. <laughs> right. I explained the story and we got all these people to say they were going to, they were going. 
and the uh, Oakland County filed a motion to close the trial. Wow. Because they did that. So what do I do? I take their motion the day I get it and I put it on my Facebook <laughs> and I say, look, look what they're doing. You know, they want to silence us. And that made the group, that made the whole pay like, cause there was like policing the police pages and like it like uh, double, triple, you know, overnight. And they lost that because closing the trial, you, what you, you know, that's for like, if there's a child victim, sure. like something sure. super sensitive um, yeah. where, okay, you, you close the trial to the public, only the necessary people are, are in there. But this is sort of misdemeanor noise violation. You can't close a court. Right. So we had a packed courtroom, st people standing, and they were all on our side. Wow. You know, they're all, and then, like, on their side, there was just, like, some lady from the city oh, who, like, was probably made to be there. And uh, that's it. But the jury, it was the quickest jury. The jury came back with the quickest uh, not guilty ever. I think they they probably, it, it was, like, four minutes or something. Like, they just really? walked in the back room. Probably went around the table one time, probably told a few jokes because oh, it was so obvious that it wasn't he, he wasn't bumping. He didn't have no he didn't have a speaker system. He, he was driving like an old Honda with stock, no system, you know, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, so you haven't heard someone's rap music in, in the city of Pontiac officer driving around. Like, this, is your first, this is your first time. Um, and we got him on the stand. I get, uh, we got him on the stand. I, it was I told him, like, well, it was the word. It was the word "fuck," right? That pissed you off. Like it's the you heard. It's not the word "the" or "the police." It's the yeah. word "fuck," right? Yeah. And we got him on. Um, so he and I got him to agree uh, under oath. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's the word "fuck." You know, you shouldn't say that. And then I, I had this all teed up, and we had him. He when he went back to the original person that he pulled over in the same video, he goes, "He goes, yeah, I'm gonna give you." He's well, I'm not gonna fuck with you too bad. And oh wow! I'm gonna give you the word. <laughs> so I played it for you know, and I'm like, is that how Oakland County trains you to talk to people who are citizen? You know, that was objective, blah blah blah. But made the point. Um, but that you know, that was a, a not guilty. And that person, I he uh, I can't. He ended up suing the county and winning. But there is a non-disclosure on there that the amount cannot be said. Sure. Um, but he did win under under First Amendment, Amendment grounds, which I told them was going to happen. Right. <laughs> well, this is barked up the wrong tree. I mean, this is what, that's you awesome. know. Now that number one, know that I follow you, so I know I've seen all this stuff. So that's why I'm bringing this up. Uh, a lot of this stuff was hilarious to me, um, so I do follow you. Uh, but also, it gives a little background before we get into the the case that we're speaking of is that. Um, you know, you're not for or against any particular people or race or color or anything of that nature. Your thought process is if the government is overstepping their boundaries, I'm going to use my skill set to help you. Yeah. Um, and that's all you can ask for at, uh, from an attorney that you hire that comes to the rescue, so to speak. Yeah. And I, and I think if you follow me on Facebook, I mean, you can get an idea of my my politics. Yeah. Um, I'd say I'm more, more, more libertarian. I think we can, I mean, I'm going to vote Republican, but you know, I think that we can use, I, I'm for freedom for everyone. And I think that there is a better way and that government is almost outdated mm -hmm. and that technology is going to, is already is, and is going to outpace um, government and give us a lot of al alternatives in the future. And I, I think that, I hope that day comes soon, but when it comes to my clients, I don't, I don't care. 
You know, I'm not, I don't who you voted for, what, what, what you are, like, what are the facts? What did you do? And, you know, and are you wronged? Sure. Especially, sure. You know, is what I'm looking for. Absolutely. So when they, when the uh, gentleman reached out to you concerning the, the case, the kidnapping case, uh, what was your initial thought process? And by, by all means, um, you know, I know there's some things that you probably cannot speak about. Yeah. Well, I truly understand that, but just a general summary of your thought process and, mm -hmm. you know, how that came to be. Yeah, so there, there are things I can't talk about. Um, generally, um, the rules about pre-trial publicity from the lawyer is that I can talk about things that are already in the public record, sure. um, that, are, that are already on the news. Um, but there's a lot, because the, the entire preliminary exam was live streamed. Yeah. So that yeah. is all public record. Everything, all, yeah. Every one of those words, all those exhibits, that's all public record. Mm -hmm. um, but I still be careful because there are people who watch me and literally stalk my Facebook and yeah. file grievances against me. Yeah, I'm because not, you were in Facebook jail for a while. Oh, what? You just got, you just got out. Not jail, in the, in the graveyard. I was dead. They got me. They, I'm not- it, you uh, for a little while? Facebook jail is, like, hey, you're you can be back in thirty days or four or six months. Right. So my page wow. said they said your account has. I, so they banned me for thirty days. I hit the appeal button. Two days later, I wake up and I'm signed out. You know, on my phone. I'm like, uh oh, you know. Mm -hmm. And I go on my computer and it says your. And I posted the screenshot. I said your account has been permanently disabled. This decision, but because of community violation guidelines, which I didn't do, and they said that this like this decision cannot be reversed. Wow. Well, that's a lifetime ban. What's that? That's a lifetime ban then, right? That's a lifetime ban. Lifetime, I, I, I was Googling. I was calling lawyers. I'm like, hey, like, I'll fly, like, I, what do we, what do you do? Like, I'll fly out to California and just knock on the door and be like, hey, like, I didn't do anything wrong. What's going on? Right, right, right. Okay. And that was from posting. I posted a meme about the governor that I thought was hilarious. Um, <laughs> Oh, wow. But it certainly did not violate any um, real guidelines. It was more of a dirty joke, um, but I thought, it, you know, a lot of people think it's funny. And um, I, 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 the other day, like last last Friday, um, you know, my girlfriend, we were on, we were on a group chat with our friends, and she's like, "I think your Facebook." She, so you know, when you're when you're gone, you just have like a little person image on your next yeah. to your name. Yeah, the icon. Um, and she, she said your picture's back, and she clicked on my profile, and my my profile's back. Oh, and I went on there, and, and I, I guess what the only thing I can think of is that there was this uh, reporter who had reached out to me, and he was writing a book about big tech censorship. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I'm interested. You're like, you're a lawyer. You had a lot of followers. Um, you know, you had a like conservative approach. Like you post, you posted something political that was like your reason for getting banned. Mm -hmm. um, I guess he contacted their public relations department, and they responded, and they got back to him, wow. and then. Gave me my Facebook. Wow. <laughs> all right. Now, first of all, let me say I, I'm in uh, marketing and advertising. So I run multiple social media accounts for my clients. I have never heard of a lifetime ban. So that's <laughs> that's new for someone who is actually in the social media field. That is yep. new. Yeah. I have been banned because I've ran ads for particular real estate and things like that that um, they deemed um, violated their procedures and policies. Right. But usually it's a very short-term ban. Right. We come back, everything's good. But I've never heard of a lifetime ban. Right. Yeah. And I never had gotten a strike ever until mm -hmm. the beginning of this year. I shared one of those guys, the crazy guys that went in the Capitol, the mm -hmm. U.S. Capitol, yep. and the guy with the horns, and there's a picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
there's a picture. There was a picture of somebody taking a picture of him, and he's standing on like the Senate floor with like a flag. Yeah. And I'm like, I post. So I shared that. It was something I already found on Facebook, and I shared it. And I said, I said, man, I got profile pic envy right now with like a laughing face, <laughs> <laughs> making pretty much making fun of him. Wow. And that, that was supporting a terrorist and supporting. Oh, wow. I'm like, I'm, I'm making fun of him. Like, like, oh my goodness! Wow, wow, yeah, that um, that's uh, that's crazy. Yeah, and since that, and since that day, I pretty much I, it was like three. I'd be back for like two hours, and I would post something about like Joe Biden and get ooh, another three days. Wow, and oh, it, it just it just escalated. Wow, yeah, that's uh, that's insane. They, they they when they changed their policies, they did get uh, I think a little bit too stringent on uh, social media, especially what social media is for. It's for sharing ideas and concepts yeah. and having fun. And I do believe that they, they're kind of overstepping their boundaries on a lot of things. But also, weren't they like short staff or something during the pandemic? So everything was robotic and things were going all haywire. And but that's no excuse. That's no excuse. off and stuff. Yeah, that's no excuse. I posted something, I posted something today. Uh, basically, there's been a very, a very similar meme um, basically what I posted, it was a, a, it, somebody had put the picture of governor Whitmer under like the Pornhub heading. Oh yeah. And it said, you know, slut fucks the whole state. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. Wow. I don't know what kind of listeners you have. I thought that was hilarious. Wow. And, but so that's what got me lifetime banned. And just today I saw somebody, it's the same thing with a picture of, uh, Derek Ch Chauvin, Chauvin. Oh. And it says, you know, like, jury fucks police officer with this under the same like Pornhub heading. I'm like, wow. I'm like, that's the same joke. Exactly. Same joke. Exactly. <laughs> and, that, and I'm like, I'm like, and I looked, I'm like, oh, it's been shared 26,000 times. I mean, what the hell? Wow. You know, that, wow. so what, you know, it's either, you either got to have both or neither. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can't show, um, you know, favor over. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you, know, you got to let the other go as well. Okay. So let's, uh, and, and I'm going to let you kind of take the, the lead on this, but tell us uh, about your involvement in the case and what your thought process was when they reached out to you um, as far as the case was concerned. Yeah, well, I, um, I, went, to, I went to Jackson, um, Jackson County Jail okay. to go speak to, to Joe Morrison. I spoke, spoke with his family and... You know, I, I, I guess sometimes I ask the question here. You're, you're, some lawyers say you should never ask, but it's like, tell me right now, did, did you actually do this? Right, right. Did you do like, it? Don't, I don't like getting caught off guard. Right. You know, tell me the worst thing you did. And he's like, I, I posted some things on Facebook. Uh -huh. You know, he's like, maybe some of them are kind of like, you know, questionable. He's like, but he's like, I didn't try to kidnap, kidnap anyone. I mean, this is all public record, but I only yeah. prosecutors are trying to agree with me right now. For even <laughs> <laughs> and they'll grieve me for making fun of them, yeah. but you know, literally, literally. Um, but you know, basically, Joe Morris said he created the Facebook group, the Wolverine Watchmen. It's a Facebook group, right. okay? Yeah, so you're allowed to have a militia. It's in our that is spelled out in our Second Amendment nationwide. Yeah. You know, the security to free state. I got. A well-regulated militia. I don't know if you could read that. I got the Second Amendment right, right back there. Um, Michigan is also very prevalent with militias. 
Uh, we got a lot, lot of hunters, a lot of gun, a lot of gun owners. Pretty much anything north of Lansing is like up north. You know, you're up north, and people hunt. People have guns, and it's it's uh, and people train. And you're and you're allowed to do this. This is completely acceptable. A lot of these guys have very good relationships with with law enforcement. Um, a lot of them are uh, um, mil- military trained veterans, current you know national national guard that type of thing, and they were training at Joe. So Joe made the Facebook group and he also, it was his house that they did these, these trainings and he lived on a couple acres and they were basically shooting paper targets, very like basic stuff, uh, nothing crazy. And, um, what was testified to keep having the preface, this is all public. Um, what was testified to the, there was say, there was some, um, guy, I don't, and I don't believe this part. There's some guy and he joined the Facebook group because he said that he agrees with them and all that, but that when he joined the group, he, he thought that some of the posts he were making were kind of extreme for his nature. So, cause some of them were like, so and this is all in um, exhibits and everything, but they're like, yeah, you know, there were some people in this group that were saying pretty violent things about police officers, not my client. Um, and he went to the police with that. The police took him to the FBI. And then the story is that the FBI is like, Hey, well, you know, why don't you just be our guy on the inside? Oh, wow. And that's, that's what was testified to. That's a public record. But I, you know, he also testified to that. He was just getting envelopes of cash from the FBI. Wow. You know, wow. They, you know, who know envelopes of cash. That That's nice. Um, is that the whole back- well, the FBI testified, under oath that they are allowed to lie and they are allowed to break the law. So is it legal? Who cares? Right. Who cares? As long as they're protecting the country. But basically what they, what they did um, is this guy, the FBI's guy became the second in command. He was running and this is admitted. He's, he was running and doing all of the trainings. He basically took over the group, you know, and not and not not and not and within a month or two, they go from shooting paper targets and literally crawling through the dirt like under wire and stuff, to breaching doors, training with with Navy SEALs, shooting from cars, wow. like all this like, like more advanced like guerrilla like like urban right. warfare stuff. Right. And it's like yeah, that was your guy. Like you did that. Um, you know they're paying for to get the rent suburbans to like. Get, bring these guys to like different meetings and stuff across the country. It's, the whole it's basically um, it, my client's involvement with compared to theirs <laughs> is a joke. I mean, it's you know what I if the same things were being done and said about Donald Trump, if there were a group saying you know fuck Donald Trump and we should you know string him up or whatever, mm-hmm. it would have been Saturday Night TV. You know, it would have been, it would have been nothing, but because I believe because of the politics of it and we got a Democrat, um, attorney general, mm-hmm. we got Democrat governor and they seem to be very good friends. Um, they said, you know what, pick them up, grab them. Wow. And wow. That's what happened. But, um, they dismissed so my, my client is charged with, um, the number one, the biggest charge is providing mm-hmm. material support to a terrorist. Um, and we'll get, we'll get, so we'll, we'll get that. We'll get back to that one. And there's, um, the other one was 
making a terrorist threat, which is another really stupid, like over, I would say, I would use the word vague and overbroad law that was initiated quickly after 9-11 that can make many things people say, if the government wants to charge you, yeah. this is very broad, like, oh, well, you threatened somebody and you used the internet to do it, which everything's connected to the internet now, including your phone. Yeah. So, um, oh, you're a terrorist and you got to face 20 years and they charge them a gang activity. They say they're militias, a gang. Wow. And the fourth one is fel felony firearm, which is the possession of a firearm in the commission of any felony. And then they say that's the underlying felonies. So you go back to the original. So then, by the way, after exam, the judge, the judge dismissed the making a terrorist threat charge. Okay. Because what had come out was that these so-called threats, these like, uh, Posts we've been very. I mean, you're talking. They cherry pick three or four things out of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. You're talking seven months of many people posting all the time. You know, right. so they put they cherry pick. Oh, this one. This guy says I'm gonna kick in the door and shoot a cop or whatever. Yeah, something. Something. But basically, they dismiss that charge because they were only sharing these posts with each other, and a threat has to actually be perceived. Right. So right. If me and you are saying, hey, we should go and shoot Joe or whatever, but Joe never hears that. Hears that. It's not a threat. And we agree. Like if I tell if I tell you and you take it like oh I got to tell somebody then that's a threat but if me and you are on the same team and we talk about going to shoot somebody our conversation is not a threat it's not a terror it's not making a threat against it against it if if the if the threat is never perceived if it's never heard right so uh, judge dismissed it on that ground but we still have the big one which is providing material support to a terrorist or terrorist organization and this this law again post like 2001 law, like, or maybe that maybe, you know, early quickly after nine 11. Okay. Um, um, first, first, first of all, it has no, like as a lawyer, we can, there's, there's programs like Westlaw and Lexis Nexus, and we can look up like, okay, this is like all the case. That's all the cases that cited this law. Mm -hmm. So, you know, possession of possession with intent to distribute, you know, cocaine. Okay. Well, like, these are all the cases that interpreted it. These are like all the rules and all the, you know, searches and seizures. And like, you have all this stuff. There's not a single published case interpreting this law. Oh, really? wow. When you try to argue, so when you say material support, what does that, <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. What is, so what is, what is material? You know, there's different, there's different definitions. So if you were to, you know, I'd use the example. It's like, well, what about the guys who who own the flight school that the 9/11 terrorists trained at? Yep. And they you know, crashed. Dave, did they provide material support? Right. You know, I, I guess they did, but I guess apparently they they didn't know about it. You know, I guess there's the no there's the knowing factor. Right. But if you if you uh, so if somebody if somebody's a billionaire mm -hmm. and you give them a dollar towards their terrorist mission. Is that material support? Did it yeah. actually help? Did it actually make a difference? You know, did it, you know, if someone's, if you give someone a million dollars in their bill, yeah, I mean, sure. You know, but if you, if someone drops their wallet, if Osama bin Laden drops his wallet and you pick it up and hand it to him, did you just provide material support? <laughs> right. We took a little break at the, uh, you know, between we take little breaks in court or whatever. And my, uh, my client's like, hey, can you grab me a water? Like, I don't know, man. I don't want to provide material support. For <laughs> 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 yeah. 
That's wow. Now, is that is that case over now? No, it is not over. It is not over. We are going, well, my, you know, my client's facing a cu couple years in prison, you know, wow. um, if he, if he pleads or is convicted, um, they're not making any offers. This is the attorney general's office. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to their credit, they've been, they've been, in my opinion, super, super professional. Um, unlike some people I deal with, um, they've been super, super professional and, and, and open and, um, no games and like, Hey, here's our, here's what we're doing. Here's all our exhibits. Like, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night. Well, you know, yeah. um, but the case is not over. The case has been bound over. So when you're charged with a felony, any felony, you first, you have the right to a preliminary exam in the district court in whatever city that happened in, um, two, the government has to prove probable cause the two things, one, that a crime occurred mm -hmm. and that you're, that you were the one to commit it by probable cause, very low standards. So like crime prop problem. So if, if somebody goes to court and says that person robbed me, that person mm -hmm. stole my car, you know, that's enough to get bound over. Wow. Um, so, so when I say that we got the material or the uh, terrorist threat charge dismissed exam, that's, that's big. That's like, wow, they really had nothing. You okay. know, they had, because it's it, all it would have taken is one person to say, yeah, he, he sent me a threat sure. or something like that. Sure. Um, and I argued, I argued the material support that even by probable cause, there was, there was no, there, there, what they hung their hat on at exam was that a their FBI person mm -hmm. said that at some, um, bonfire after the bonfire, one of the federally charged defendants, Adam Fox, um, who is, you can look, Google him. He is a he, he, he should be charged and he is charged and he's a bad dude, super bad. Oh. Um, and he came to my client's house one time, I think maybe twice, but the second time my client wasn't even there. But the time that he came that allegedly, you know, in a post bonfire like conversation that Mike, that Adam's like, yeah, you know, we should kidnap the governor. Like, come on, man. Like, are you down? You know, like, come on, like you're down the kidnapper. Right. And my client goes, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, let's go. And that's what they're saying. So they're saying, well, because he's, he said that, and I, and I was arguing like, okay, even taken as fact, so even taken in the light most favorable to the to the government. So mm -hmm. let's say, that's not even a recording. They have hundreds and hundreds of hours of recording. I have a terabyte, a thousand gigs of discovery. Wow. Wow. But first of all, if somebody, like, all you need to show me is the one page where they text and say, yeah, Adam, you can use my land or my car or my money or my ammo in your plan to kidnap the governor. Right. That's all you need. Just the one. You don't got to send me thirty thousand pages and right. hard drives and hard drives and hard drives. You know. Mm -hmm. Um. So, I what I, the argument at exam was, you know, Your Honor, even agreement is not material support. Mm -hmm. So if you know if somebody says, "Hey, we should go rob a bank," and you're like, "Yeah," <laughs> in the pin, the, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, or, or agreement. You know if. Uh, I keep using like the you know Osama bin Laden say it's the day night before 9/11 and he comes he's like I'm gonna go crash the planes into the World Trade Center and you're like you know I Osama I, you you do that I agree with you right. agreement agreement and even support like like verbal support like I I, I agree with you is right. not material support right and that was my argument at exam and the judge disagreed but oh, wow. wow yeah so, you know. So tell me this, 
Um, this was a this was a nationally covered case. I mean, we heard about this case on Fox News mm -hmm. and CNN yeah. and local news outlets. Um, did that help or hinder um, the process, or do you think it had any effect at all? No, I mean not not so far, at least. Okay. I mean, um, you know, there's like reporters when you walk out when you walk in. Um, they're watching it on live stream from their cars or whatever. Um, I mean, maybe a little, little, I mean, it'd be hard as a judge, like dismiss, like dismiss a case. I mean, the state put in a lot of money. I mean, this is the level of investigation gone in and how it's, it's like, I, like, I, you know, I, you, you joke and you hear people like say like, Oh, well, the FBI is watching you. The government's watching you. They see everything like, no, it is, it is very true. Yeah. It is scary. Like the, the level of what I've seen, I'll leave it at that. They, the FBI actually testified. He said, I don't think anybody should post on Facebook ever. Really? <laughs> were, his, were his words. I forgot what the question was. This is like, well, don't, don't you think people should? He's like, I don't think. And he was like, it seems like almost like a read between the lines. He was like, I don't think anybody should post on Facebook ever. And, um, you know, there's big tech, there's big government, um, but they um, had an, a very deep level of detail of every of everything. But so it's hard for a judge just to dismiss a case um, like that, even if we're right. And um, you know, I'd say it's different. You know, I, the Derek Derek Chauvin Chauvin. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't really watch the trial. Um, but you know, I was thinking, like, how could you ever find an unbiased jury? That's what I was going to ask. How could you, I mean, who, who has not heard about this situation? And how do you find right. 12? How do you find 12? Yeah. Well, you can find like one guy, you know, and they got to be like from the area. Right. Too. right. So it's, you can't just like pull some guy out of Alaska who doesn't watch the news <laughs> and say, which maybe you should think about doing actually in these cases. But yeah, you know, if you say not guilty, there's going to be consequences to your city and your businesses. And like, mm -hmm. this is not, people are not robots. They're not computers. You right. know, right. this, this, maybe that, maybe that had, had an effect. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'd seen, I'd seen the original video. I'm like, wow, it's really bad. You know? Right. right. So, um, um, and that, yeah, that was kind of my question is that um, the defense for this case argued that, um, they couldn't get a fair jury in there. And, and I believe that's what they're going to use in their appeals is that um, so much coverage and so much media coverage of this situation mm -hmm. uh, kind of tainted the, and that's what a lot of people that I've spoken to said that, you know, I, once again, I know some attorneys, I know some law enforcement officials, and they said, uh, well, this isn't over because they're going to appeal and they're going to appeal. Some of the, the basis that they're going to appeal on is that you know, it wasn't yeah. a fair jury. Um, they should have moved it out of the area and all of these different things that they're going to try to bring up to, to um, you know, say that this wasn't fair to this gentleman um, yeah. as far as the case is concerned. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I did, I did see is the judge comments on um, the Congresswoman's Maxine Waters comments to the crowd yeah. saying, you know, yeah, get in their face or be a be confrontational or something like that. And the judge actually said on the record, he's like, that you're going to get appeal like this could, this could flip the whole case just on that because like that, that's a, that's not just some lady, right. you know, that 
Right. That's a sitting congressperson, you know, telling you. So when you're a juror and you're like hearing like and you see all these people outside and all this like and just everything that happened last summer, you know, and how could you possibly get a, get, get a fair trial? I mean, maybe he was guilty. Like I said, I, I've a lot of attorneys sat there and watched the whole thing. Sure. And like, I just don't have time for that. I had it on my TV, like, you know, here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't want to get my like opinion and get too deep into it. But as far as like a finding a fair jury, yeah. How, I don't think that's even that, how, how could that be re- remotely possible to find people in, in the area too? You know, like do you live in the city of here, you know, County of Oakland. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's right. You gotta, now, what do you think on a lot of people have said that uh, as far as Maxine Waters is concerned, um, people say that, well, that's no, her words were no different than, uh, President Trump's words when the Capitol riot happened. Um, number one, do you see similarities in that or you don't see that as similar? And two, um, do you think that that is a mitigating factor when uh, someone of um, that level of, I guess, uh, notoriety uh, makes comments like that? Yeah. Um, well, first, I I don't think Trump said anything like that. To, to supporters before the before the um, the so-called I guess twenty people out of fifty thousand went in the Capitol and that was an insurgency you know um, I didn't I didn't hear the president the former president say anything like that um, I think he said the stand stand strong it was all very basic things that he always says um, mm-hmm. nothing like that but um, is that going to flip the whole trial? I don't like. I don't do appeals. I don't know the the grounds. I don't know if that's some if that's strong strong enough. Um, but there's there's pressure there, man. The, the new a new trial, you know, if that's what they're going for. I mean, what a what a mess. Could you imagine? You right. know, right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, that would be something. The whole that thing, would, the whole thing would, said. Yeah, that would elicit a lot of emotions on both sides of the fence if there was another trial. Right. The, the whole thing sad, and I really feel like the, the media and the government are just like, especially the media, are just like playing us off each other, and they want people fighting over, like, your skin color, or are you rich, are you poor, like, what do you what do? you do? And it's like, they have everyone at each other's throats, so that way they can just go and do whatever they want, and pass laws, and take more of all of our freedoms away, and devalue all of our currency, Um, and they, and and they heard us all and everyone's fighting and it's, it's getting worse and worse. And and I, I I don't, I don't personally know how to, how to stop this other than I try to lead by example to just be friends with everyone, you know, that respect is, is earned. And I try to treat everyone pretty much, pretty much the same, you know, as best, as as best I can. Um, yeah. Um, and man, we usually do this an hour. We're already over an hour because this is great this information. Is, yeah, man. <laughs> that went quick. But um, I would like for you to tell people if uh, they feel that you know they're being taken advantage of by government organizations or government or big business, uh, we have your information on the bottom. But if you could just give a sixty-second elevator pitch of you know they feel they're you know kind of backed into a corner from one of these big organizations, the government itself, uh, why should they choose you to help them right, right or wrong? Yeah. If, if, so first of all, if you're number one is if you're, if you're charged with it, with an actual crime, 
I do get a lot of people that call me and say, hey, we got to sue somebody. We got to do something about this. And that's not, I'm a criminal defense attorney. So I'm not, you know, if, if you're charged with a crime, if the government did something clearly overstepping their boundaries, um, I'm probably your, your, your best guy. And sometimes I take cases pro bono too. If they, if it gets under my skin enough, most of the ones that I listed off are all, all free cases. Um, the, or, you know, the snow and the, the starting the car and the, after the police case. Um, but, but yeah, uh, you could follow me on Facebook. There's my Nicholas Somberg. There's attorney Nicholas Somberg. I have a YouTube channel that we're, we're starting up. Um, it's the name is Som Business, and I made it when I was in high school. But <laughs> I got like four million views on there, so I'm leaving it. Hey, I'm that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, and uh, your uh, your app, what is it? Legal Wizard, I believe. Yes. So I made a we made a mobile application. There's there's nothing like it, and it I I made it basically in a re response to to COVID. And what it is is that you can contact my law firm. Um, it's called Legal Wizard. It's on Android. It's on Android and Apple. It's got a little picture of the dude, dude with a beard. Um, you can't miss it. You can take a and it's very quick. You can open it. You can create an account with one touch with your Facebook, your Google, um, and you can submit. You can use your camera to submit a legal document, or you can even skip that step if you don't have anything. But if you get a traffic ticket, if you got something in the mail, if you're being served with a warrant, you can take a picture. It directly uploads it to our law firm. And myself or a lawyer will call you within 24 hours. And in the future, it'll be instant. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is congratulations. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And Thank believe you. me, I will be contacting you about our network. We'd love to get you your own channel on our network as well. But <laughs> we'll leave that for another time. Um, yes. I want to say thank you very much, Nicholas. Uh, number one, this was very informative. Uh, again, um, no matter your preferences as far as your political views or, you know, what you personally think about any situation. It seems that you're open to help anyone. I mean, um, I'm, I'm old enough to have purchased the cassette tape of NWA's um, straight out of Compton that I had. So you probably rock that. Oh, consistently. Because <laughs> you're from the D, too. Yeah, you're I'm from, from Detroit, the D. So, He's from Detroit. Yeah, I'm from Detroit. So I, I you know, that, that was consistently played in my little tape deck <laughs> when I was growing up. So um, thank you very much for coming on, telling your story, telling your yes. background, as well as giving us insight into, you know, when you have such a big case going on and what that entails. Um, we'd love to have you back sometime whenever you're available. And uh, once again, man, thank you very much. Yes, thank sure, you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun. Hey, Absolutely. We'll see you later. Talk thank with you, you so later, much. man. Bye-bye. All right. Peace. <laughs> Wow. It's pretty cool. Like yeah. I said, um, you know, I don't want, um, you know, I, I've had people, like I said, you know, talk to me and, you know, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. My thought is that I listen to whatever case or whatever law is being presented. And then I make my determination based on the facts. Um, so um, I want to get everybody on the podcast. I want to get people who agree with everything I say. I want to get people who have a different viewpoint. And everyone out there should want to hear both sides of the story. They say there is uh, one side and there's, there's another sides. side, and then there's the truth. Yeah. So, you know, I want to hear everybody's opinion. I want to hear everybody's thought process. 
to be able to get a professional in their field mm -hmm. to come and talk about not only what's going on in current events, but also their experience with something similar, uh, with a case that has gained you know national notoriety, um, and then kind of give his viewpoint and his positioning without taking sides mm -hmm. is kind of what Blazing Soul is about. Uh, we want to um, have open discussions amongst the community with what's going on. Uh, that's the only way that not only do we hear the other side, but you can't say I don't I disagree with someone if you don't know what that person stands for. So right. if I say the sky is blue and someone says, no, it's kind of green. If I don't hear them say it's green, then how will you have a disagreement or a debate over it when you don't even know their point of view? So, um, you know, that's that's what I'm looking for. And I, um, big shout out to Nicholas for yes. coming on and uh, giving us this insight. Um, we've had attorneys that have dealt with immigration and criminal and and all these different uh, uh, skill sets that they possess. But I think this was pretty cool because like I said, um, it's a person that might have a different view on certain aspects, but it was fun, it was enjoyable. There was no you know, argument or anything like that. We're given our insight, he's given his insight, and you guys are here to listen. So uh, I, I think that uh, I wanna see more of that. You know, I wanna see everybody, uh, Republican, Democrat, undecided mm -hmm. Christian atheists, whatever you are, uh, come on and tell your story yes. and uh, let's have a discussion. Definitely. Um, that's it here. Like I said, we went over what we usually do, but <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of stuff. Very informative. Yes, Very definitely. Informative. Yeah. That's what we want to keep going. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so do you have anything else to say, sweetheart? I don't. All right. So we're going to get out of here. We held you guys a little bit longer, but like I said, it was pretty cool. We enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, stay tuned every Wednesday, uh, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, um, <clears throat> when we come on and we kind of uh, delve into these issues. Um, everybody stay safe out there. Watch your six. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Lock on. Peace. See you next week. Peace. Same time, same place. <laughs>